I'm Jennifer Palmer, I'm the host of Online for Authors. Welcome to the Online for Authors podcast. Online for Authors has come under the management of Visibility Pod. Visibility Pod manages the podcast as well as all of the guest and host booking and communication to get the episodes scheduled, up and running, and posted on to various platforms as well as creating all of our wonderful content. I'm currently a visibility strategist with Visibility Pod and offer coaching. Some coaching is offered via live visibility strategy sessions. Take those in and see if working with Visibility Pod, me as a strategist, is a fit for you. Email visibilitypodcasts at gmail.com. Welcome to the Online for Authors podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Palmer. This is episode 12, Building Community with Alex Sanfilippo. I'm getting ready to meet Alex, podcast software founder and a podcast host, founder of Podmatch, Podpros. I had the pleasure of coming across his platform via Sean Tyler Foley. It was the thing that I needed to get back into podcasting. I'm excited to talk to Alex today, the host of the top-rated podcast called Podcasting Made Simple. He is also the founder of podpros.com, a software company focused specifically on the podcasting industry. Alex and his team have created popular services like Podmatch, a service that matches podcast guests and hosts together for interviews, and Podcast SOP, a project management tool that helps podcasters keep up with their episode releases. Welcome, Alex. Hey, Jennifer, how are you? Great, Alex, how are you? Glad to be connected with you. I'm, I'm doing well, thank you. Fantastic. Welcome to the Online for Authors podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm looking forward to this. I want to give you a little bit of a background on how I stumbled upon you, because it really was very much a stumble. I was online doing kind of some social media promotion and going, okay, I need to figure out what I'm doing with this podcast. and. I put out this post on my social media channels and it was the small business challenge. And in the process of going through and responding and finding whoever was engaging with this hashtag, I found Sean Tyler Foley's post about your quarterly event. Ah, okay. Yeah. yeah. So that was your first interaction was this quarterly event, huh? So I saw that post. Yeah. And then, you know, hummed and hawed about, because I wasn't sure yet. Like I had put the podcast on the back burner because I got overwhelmed. I got burnout so bad. And, you know, again, the monetizing part, I was still trying to figure it all out. Still trying to figure it out. I mean, I think I'd constantly be trying to figure it out, but yep. <laughs> I have more tools now. Thank you very much. Right. <laughs> Which I definitely want to talk about. But came across his post about the quarterly event. And we had interacted several times, Mr. Foley and I, and we came to the point of trying to figure out when we could do our interview and never getting to the point of scheduling it because I met him at a, a Bell Talk mental health event probably four years ago. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So he was the one that introduced me to your community. And I say community because I very much want that to be um, a big part of the focus. I believe that is what, more so than anything else, that's what you've created. You've created an educational hub as well. Yeah, that's, I mean, community and education are like my primary. So like, I love the fact that 
like that's what you take from it. Like that just totally made my day to hear that because that's that's the focus is how can we create some sort of community and educate people that are in that community to do really well. And not that I'm saying like forget the rest of the world, but if I focus on my group and we all get really well, like do really well together, it seems to grow and expand. So I love the fact that you brought that up. Like that again, seriously, just made my day. That's so cool to hear. So is there anything else in the world besides podcasting? <laughs> not mine. Um. <laughs> <laughs> And at one point, there wasn't in mine either. Share with me how the Pod Pros came about, why you decided to build the community, why you decided to build Podmatch, because those tools in my world have made it so I am not all consumed with podcasting anymore. Yeah, it's good that you mentioned that because that is the idea is to make it so that it doesn't have to be what you do every waking minute because anything you do like that one becomes a chore, right? Like if you're doing it all day, eventually you don't, you lose the passion for it. And additionally, it's great to get a break so you can actually show up and add some, some value and quality. So the idea was how can we make it so that it's not every minute of every day? So I'm, I'm really glad that you first off brought that up, but going back to the, the, the original question here, we started off with Podmatch. That was the very first thing we built to solve a very specific problem. Let's get guests and hosts together. Like let's create some sort of algorithm that can match them together automatically similar to how like a dating app works for back of letter, lack of a better term, right? And then from there, we realized there was another issue. People were having trouble keeping their episode releases on track. Like hosts were dropping off and they were just stopping because it's a lot. I mean, that side of the mic versus where I'm at right now is, is night and day difference. Like when we're done, I'm going to go do whatever I'm going to do. You're going to spend hours doing all the work that comes along with being a podcast host um, and me being one as well, right? There's a lot that goes into it, right. but we wanted to make something that could just help people with those releases. Like how can we help them with that? At that moment, I was like, I want to get more on the education side. And it's like, okay, do we need another company for that? Like, how do we manage all the social media side of thing? Like, how do we do all of this? I was like, I got it. Let's just have a parent company name, Pod Pros, and we'll just kind of put everything under that because we have more ideas for softwares we want to release. We have more ideas for education. The idea is Pod Pros is the hub for everything that we do to serve podcasters. And then that's where the community came into play as well. Fantastic. Fantastic. So this was a solve your own problem type of a solution. Initially, yes, it was. I mean, when I started podcasting, I I came from the corporate background and I wanted to interview entrepreneurs. It didn't mix well, like my network didn't. So I thought about my network, my network. And I was like, I think I have seven, seven people total. And I was like, I want to launch with 13 episodes. No one wants to be on your show when it hasn't launched, you know, like, because <laughs> most people just end up not launching. So it took me a little bit to like, to get this in order. And, and later on, I actually confirmed the problem. Like, uh, obviously, eventually you kind of build your network. And so my show ended up doing really well. I'm so thankful for that. And I didn't necessarily need the solution. Of course, it was super helpful when it came out. But I was speaking at a podcasting conference with about 2,000 people. And I heard from 100 people because I kept on asking, what are you struggling with in podcasting? How can I help? 100 different podcasters said the exact same thing. Alex, I'm having a really hard time finding ideal guests for my show. And some of them used different words there. But the idea was just that I couldn't find the right guests. And interestingly enough, Jennifer, when I was there, I was meeting people that were authors and people that were product creators. They own businesses. And they were saying, I really want to be on podcast. And when I meet them, be like, hey, do you know any podcasters to talk about this? This is what I want to talk about. And the funny thing is, while I was there, I was like, oh, yeah, I just met somebody. Let me take you over here to their booth and let me introduce you real quick. And I was doing what the service now does for people. But that was like my light bulb moment at that conference. I'm like, I struggled with this. And now I'm realizing there's a lot of people in the space that struggle with it. And, and sure, everyone can go through LinkedIn and stuff like that. But it goes back to the whole time thing, right? Like, do you want this to be your entire life, your entire business? The idea is let's streamline this, make it just a little element of 
what you're actually doing. Because at the end of the day, what the listeners care about is the episode, not the six months it took you to find the guests necessarily. So that's really the problem that we've we've set out to solve. And I, I believe we're doing a good job with it and continuously improving and just trusting the community to kind of lead us and guide us on ways we can do it even better for them. So I'm going to just read this right off the Podmatch site here. Podmatch has generated 23,847 interviews among 25,274 members. And there have been 138 interviews booked in the last 24 hours. Wow. Wow. (laughs) So my experience has been amazing. From the quarterly, I got more information and uh, definitely the caliber of speakers that were at the quarterly. Uh, I mean, right away, I'm listening to this person talk. I want to interview you. I want to interview you. And then it was like, okay, well, get on Podmatch. I'm on Podmatch. It's like, oh, what is Podmatch? (laughs) 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 And then I got introduced to Podmatch because, of course, the focus of the quarterly was to bring tools to podcasters, but not necessarily um, toot your own horn, so to speak. So I felt that was quite refreshing, you know. Yeah, thank thank you. I appreciate that. Self-promotion has never been a a big one for me. So I, I, I kind of like let it speak for itself, right? Like I just do my best to, to serve the community. And I've always just found that that's worked really well for me. Definitely serving the community. I have recommended Pod Match and Pod Pros to so many people. Thank you. I've been flooded in a wonderful way with requests as a host. Uh, I can tell you that I my calendar's booked all the way till September. <laughs> with wow, interviews. congrats. Well, yep. you have such a good focus for your show. So it makes that makes a lot of sense. Like that's a show that people your show is the type of show people want to be on because you have a specific audience. So anyway, anyway, that's that's in the education stuff, but that it makes sense why you'd be booked out that much. But my goodness, congratulations. That's really well, cool. And I was flabbergasted when I found out that I managed to hit number three on the leaderboard. <laughs> <laughs> Congrats. I was like, what? I want to share this a little bit because I think people neglect to understand when they get involved in a community or a system like Podmatch is that there's there's tools here. And if you actually follow the process of going through the system, the way the system was designed to, there's a lot of benefits to you in it. Now, this one, you have educational material right inside the system teaching you how to use the system very well but still people neglect to do it and i found that has been probably what put me at three within a month of being a member is that the matches came through i responded okay we engaged in conversation we either booked something or we didn't we actually followed through and recorded if we followed through and recorded then we marked it as completed you know we confirmed or passed and both ends had to do their part Mm-hmm. for for me to get to that point but if somebody hadn't done their part what i would do is say hey did you forget to confirm that we did this or to confirm that we're a match or did i miss that email i'm actively in the system every day well first off jennifer i absolutely love you you're the type of person that we want to be using the software people are always like how do i get on this leaderboard and for anyone listening who's not familiar basically a leaderboard is taking your activity and the, the different things you do while you're using Podmatch into consideration and kind of ranking you among all, all the members. People are always like, how do I get there? I'm like, well, you've never pressed confirm match or pass ever. I'm like, for, so for starters, follow the prompts in the system, right? I, I would, you need to do a tutorial sometime teaching people. We're going to post that everywhere if you ever do that because that, that's exactly what we're looking for. We built the leaderboard because it's a way of us to 
recognize the people that are using the system for the way that it's been designed. We don't have like a huge problem with a ton of people not using it, at least I hope not. But there are a lot of people out there who just don't follow it the way that it should be. I think that's the same with any form of software. And my job as a software founder and creator and community leader is to figure out how to remove the friction points and help people. We're continuously like, most people don't realize it, but almost every week there's some form of update happening in the system that makes it just easier for people. And eventually, Jennifer, we'll figure out the formula and it's going to work really well for people at some point. Well, I'm going to give you a little bit of information because I was at a Tuesday meeting with um, Mr. Foley with a group that he brings together for his speaking tips. He graciously invited me to, to those Tuesdays and he intends to reach out to you and Alicia on his own, but he is attracting a group of 100 people to do 100 episodes in 100 days and what we intend to do is to do a pod match takeover. Wow. And he's pitched this to a group of us. And so we want all of those hundred people that are participating to take over the leaderboard on pod match for April. Right. My goodness. That sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, that's right? a lot of content. Um, right? Obviously there's some systems there that he's put in place to, to train people on how to keep up with that. And organizationally, that sounds amazing though. Very cool. Originally, I had started off as um, just having my host profile on Podmatch, and then I created my guest profile. Very cool. Maybe if you could share the dynamics a little bit of the benefits of having both. Yeah, definitely. So first off, I'll say this. The best podcast guests I've ever had on my podcast are also podcast hosts. And the specific reason for that is because they know the drill. They totally understand like how it goes, how it works. Like They're not like, Hey, are we going to be like recording? Like, what are we doing? Like those questions don't come up and not that that's a, a big problem. But if I see that somebody is what we call a hybrid on Podmatch, they're both a guest and a host. To me, that's a clear indicator that I don't even need to send them the whole spiel of like, Hey, make sure you have a good connection. Make sure that you're, you have this going on and you're not doing this. Like your AC isn't running. If you have like a really loud room, right? Like those things I don't even have to bring up. Granted, if it's just a guest, I do have to bring that up and I don't do so in like a demeaning way. I just want to make sure, Hey, make sure you are comfortable. You know, the drill. So that's kind of like the, the the difference there in a mindset perspective for me. Having both can be really beneficial because one, you can easily find guests for your, your podcast because maybe you've been on their show. And it's really cool. We see a lot of exchanges happening as long as it's the right fit. I never tell people if you have like a, a golf podcast and a marketing podcast, it probably doesn't make sense unless somehow <laughs> you've connected them. But I always tell people, hey, if it's a good fit, you can always jump on their show after they jump on yours, coordinate that time, do it all at once. And there's a lot of really cool things there to do that. The majority of our members are either just a guest or just a host, which is perfectly fine as well. Not everybody needs to be both. Our power members, the people we consider to be the people that really are driving the, the product and the service forward are the people that are on both sides of the puzzle there. Well, I know as soon as I started using the system, like within a couple of days, I'm pretty sure actually right after the presenters for the quarterly had mm -hmm. occurred, I was like on you. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I'm going to interview him. <laughs> um, I want to see how we could work together. And I want right. to, you know, I want to create a joint venture. And like, how do we share this thing and make money doing it and make sure lots of people know about it? Because I love it. Like, I'm just needy. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. It didn't take too long to get you on. So let's talk about your experience as an entrepreneur. I understand that you started... At a very, very young age. 
I did 10 is when the first time I had any sort of like entrepreneurial, like interaction, if you will. And it was funny back then. I, I was, I was a weird 10 year old, probably like maybe not on the outside, but on the inside, I was pretty self-aware for being 10. And I remember seeing like, I had three brothers, uh, a bunch of friends in the neighborhood. And I realized something at, at this young age that I, a lot of them were good at sports. I wasn't good at sports. A lot of them were really good at video games, which if you're not good at sports, you better be good at video games, but I wasn't good at those either. I wasn't the best student in school. Like I worked really hard, but could never get good grades. And all three of my brothers were like great musicians. They could all play like any instrument. I couldn't clap on beat. Um, so I just realized I'm like, something is like, I don't fit in, you know, like it never bothered me, but I just in the back of my mind knew that like, huh, I haven't figured that thing out. And I know for a 10 year old kid, that's super weird. Uh, on the outside, no one really noticed this, but I remember one day I found a golf ball, like across the street from our neighborhood was a golf course and all the kids would go play on it, even though we weren't supposed to, but someone had left a golf ball there. I picked it up and I was like looking at it because I, I don't know. I just was like curious. I never actually held a golf ball at that point in my life. And a golfer rides up on a golf cart and said, just yells, he goes, Hey kid. And I'd like turn think I'm in trouble. And he goes, what does that say on the golf ball? And I looked around I'm like Titleist pro V one. And he's like, I'll give you $3 for it. And, ah. and I was like, I just found it. And I was like, I just found the ground. He's like, that's okay. I'll give you $3. You give me that ball. I was like, all right. Light bulb went off, Jennifer, like light bulb in that minute. I'm like, I see golfers hit golf balls in the water every single day. And if we can get them out of here, then we can sell them. And long story short, I ended up telling some of my brothers that were old enough and some of the neighborhood kids, like building the system of you three, go look for golf balls. You wash them. We'll organize them in bins based on what time they are. We'll figure out what they're worth. And we'll start selling them to golfers every Saturday morning. And sure enough, we started doing that. There was four or five of us in this little network and we we cleaned up on a Saturday morning and I loved it. Like selling with people, even negotiating with, with adults as a 10 year old kid was something that was fun for me. So for the first time in my life, which again, being 10, this is a really weird young age for this, but I realized I am really good at this business thing. This entrepreneurship idea is something I'm good at. So yeah, that was kind of my introduction to it. And it really just lit a passion that's been with me my whole life at this point. I don't sell used golf balls anymore though. <laughs> golf balls lemonade stand <laughs> right <laughs> the way that you've told this and and right away uh you built a community around it you didn't keep it for yourself you built a team and you shared it and it's like right away leader like you know here's how to do it let's go yeah, uh, I've actually never thought of it that way. But yeah, Jennifer, you're right. That's you just gave me like a revelation moment here. That's true. <laughs> oh, I like it when that happens. Right? <laughs> These are the gems in the interviews you see. Yep. <laughs> so it makes you a good host right there. I love that. But yeah, you're right. I mean, if I think back, really, community has always been at the center of really anything I do. Like I do my best to bring people into anything that I'm part of. I mean, even Podmatch, instead of just going out and hiring a developer, I went and found a 50% business partner. We, we, you know, of course, draft up our legal documentation, each put in the equal amount of money when we got started. But at the end of the day, I just didn't want to be going alone. I'd rather be there with somebody. And that's always been a theme in my life, I would say. You have had history in, in all kinds. Like, I mean, golf balls might have been where it started, but real estate, tech startups, uh, real estate investing, aerospace, you know, blogging, coaching. And you're still coaching from what I understand little bit. Yep. Not like I used to for a little bit there. Like I was traveling, speaking and doing a lot of coaching. And now I just, I, I, like I said, I'm all in on podcasting. So mostly at this point, I talk to our community members, the people in the community, and I, I don't charge a fee anymore. Now it's just, Hey, if you're in the community and I can help you level up a little bit, not that I'm like the, the best out there, but maybe I know someone I can introduce you to after we talk. That's what I'm all in for. So at this point, like my coaching is now just really helping, especially those early podcasters that are 
stuck or the podcast guests, it's like, I'm tired of just using my laptop. Like what mic do I buy? What do I do? Like I'll jump in and help those people, but they're members of the community and people that I'm just able to add some quick value to really. Yeah. I I so appreciate that. And I know others do too. Like you're continuously looking at our growth, uh, how we can streamline, you know, how we can make sure that we're standing out as, you know, not only hosts, but guests. And I, I just think it's absolutely beautiful. And thank you so much for the service. Yeah. Thank you. It means a lot to be, to be part of it. Honestly, it's, it's a humbling experience. I'm just learning and growing as we go along. And and there's been some people have helped along the way, but I, it's great to hear you as someone who's seen success with it. And we're getting to talk today. This is a a great conversation to be having. I'm, I'm so thankful. Yeah. I'm thrilled. Thank you for letting us have it. Absolutely. What comes to mind for me is just the whole network and how everything is interwoven you know, how you meet one person and it's a ripple effect. What has your experience kind of been there? Yeah. So it's, it's interesting because I think that podcasting in general has this abundance mindset among the different creators in the space. And because of that, a lot of these people just end up being connectors and think about on either side of the mic. Like if you're a guest, that has been on like you getting ready to be on like a hundred different shows. At some point in a year from now, you'll be able to say, oh, I've been on like 10 shows. It'd be really good. Let me introduce you to these people. Like you just naturally have that ability at that point because of how wide your bench is, like the network that's behind you has grown. And I think it all stems once again from that abundance mindset. Like it's very rare that I meet somebody in podcasting who's like, I don't want to tell you about this because I'm afraid you might take it, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I think I may have heard that once in the last five years of podcasting and everyone else has just been like, oh yeah, let, let's see how we can collaborate. You even mentioned like JV early on, like a joint venture type of thing, right? Like that is not a selfish person who says that. That's somebody who cares about working with somebody else to further the craft that they're working on, the, the, the focus that they have. So for me, everything really stems from the fact that this industry has just really developed a really strong mindset around this idea of just, hey, there's abundance. We can all go at, go at this together. We can introduce each other. And for me, I, I just hold that as like our center. Like, hey, we're here to help each other. Something that I personally always say is I seek to be a person of value, not a person of profit. And I've always found that the profit follows as long as I'm focused on adding value to other people's lives. So I just continuously do my best to do that. So I feel that in my heart. Like when you say those words and the experience that I've had, I feel it inside my heart. Because I do feel that that's what's happened from me becoming part of this community. I do feel very much a part of this community. It's not something I've had like on this level before. When I first started interviewing authors, I had stumbled into a writer, author, reader community. I actually attended an event for readers and writers at the recommendation of a friend who was an author because my child likes to write. It was a local event. There's over 800 people in attendance. There's wonderful speakers, all this thing. You have to go, right? It's a a weekend kind of a conference. You have to attend. So the one year I went, I attended and it was like after I got I mean, a wonderful event, like just phenomenal. And it's like in my city, I'd never heard of it before. It's like, how did I not hear about this? Of course, I'm not. I've contributed to a book. I wrote a little ebook of my own that was, you know, but I'm not like a full published author in the sense of on my own or in, in that space in the real thick of it all. And that felt like a community, but at the same time, not in this way. I, I ended up having a resource, a network of authors that I could tap into to do interviews for. But at the same time, 
it was, it felt somewhat one-sided. Interesting. Well, why do you think, just out of curiosity, like, why do you think it was one-sided? Like, what made it feel that way, do you think, if you can even dissect that? Yeah, a little bit. Because what had happened is I was maybe reading a book, maybe not reading a book, doing an interview with an author, and then that exchange was very much me putting them out. And not necessarily oh, okay. the same. So what I what I've learned in the last little bit here, and of course over the process of a year of I went from um, just YouTube interviews, and then put it on podcast uh, platform about a year ago, and then took a break. I said so was six months in, and then had to take a break because I was just like burnt out. Right. But I found that what I was looking for that I didn't have was. I want every episode I do to create a relationship. I don't want it hmm. to be a one-off interview. Like I, I want to be able to look back and say that that person that I interviewed on March 2nd, 2022 has been in my life the, for the last 10 years. Yeah. I love yeah. that. And I can continue to, we share each other. Like there's that co-marketing of assets. There's your offer, my offer that gets shared. We talk about each other because, you know, truly we want to, not because we feel like we have to, but that relationship has been built that you have something of value to share. I have something of value to share. And everybody I know, I want to tell them about it. Yeah. That's beautiful. That's what I want you know to build. Yeah, I, I think that that and that's so smart. And I don't think it's unrealistic to look for it. I, I think that it's it's something that can be had. That the biggest thing is always going to be, I guess, like filtering through because there are some people, and you know this. I'm not trying to be mean, but some people are out there. They are just out there for themselves. Like they they have a book, and all they want to do is get it out there. And I've actually found those people do themselves a disservice by being so focused on just themselves and driving sales and not looking at ways they can collaborate. Here's the thing. If, if someone has a book and they come on your show and you're close friends with them for 10 years, guess what you're talking about for 10 years? Their book. It's not just one 30 or 45 minute conversation. It, it can be like a lifelong journey together of saying, you know what? I interviewed this person five years ago, but they've actually that impact you now. If you build that relationship, as long as you kind of filter that up front, you can build something really powerful. And I love that. That is your mindset. I think that that's a really cool thing. And I hope the world of podcasting gets more people like you because I think that that's what's really needed right now. Oh, thank you. Like the people that you're gonna build those long-term relationships in podcasting are going to be there with your listeners in, in their mind. And then they're gonna be interested in how can we continue to help each other. And I think that's so important. As a matter of fact, you know what, for, for the author's side of things, just because that, that's really where you focus, you had a recent episode that I heard with Jonathan Milligan. He talked about your book, Creating Relationships. And yeah. I think that's just a powerful thing and how podcasting that vehicle. I met Jonathan via your quarterly because he was a speaker. I reached out to him. The business that he runs, so heart-centered, so full yeah. of um, give, 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 give. It's so much about creating the relationship and engaging on a level that's not that. We talked about the push-pull marketing. And I, at one point in the interview, I think I said, he was talking about pull, push versus pull. And I said that the the push feels like to me, somebody is shoving it down my throat and I want to gag. Right. And so when you said that you had these people on episodes that you never aired of people who were definitely pushing their product, it was like, yeah, no, I wouldn't either. I was like, oh, 
oh, it just feels icky. Yeah, it is. And again, they're doing themselves a disservice. You can be the best salesperson in the world, but if you're forcing it down somebody's throat, like you're saying, like they're going to gag, they're going to throw it up, right? Like, and and that's what they were getting. Like, yeah, they were actually, some of them were like sales was their focus, but they were so pushy, so salesy. that I'm like, man, if people wanted that, they, they go to like a used car place, right? You know, like they'll go somewhere if they want to get sold to like that. People are expecting to hear something they can learn from, not you saying, well, I can't tell you about that because you got to buy the book. You know, it, it's got to be just leave with that value. And honestly, I have never not bought a book because I felt like I heard it all from someone on a podcast. I've only been encouraged to go out and line up and get the rest of it. I have never once felt like, okay, I got it all. I even did a deep dive with somebody on my podcast one time about his book. He was the one who wanted to do it. He's like, I want to go through every chapter, every major point. He's like, I can summarize it really quick. Let's do it. We did it. And he said that that drove more sales than almost any other podcast he'd ever done. And he gave it all away. It was all there. He's like, this is everything. But it still drove so many, so much sales. And I think that people just have to have that abundance mindset. Again, most podcasters are having that. We just need to make sure the other side of the mic is following suit. But you and I, as podcast hosts ourselves, we have to filter that. We have to make sure that we're protecting our audience once again. That's so true. I want to thank you very much for your time today. It, I encourage anybody who is even looking at podcasting or wants to be a guest or a host to definitely check out Pod Pros and Pod Match yep. and all the different systems that you're creating and more that you've got coming. And your Podcasting Made Simple podcast definitely want to check those out. But of course, I got introduced through the the Pod Pros Quarterly. I believe that was the first quarterly event. There's another Mm -hmm. quarterly event coming. Definitely want to see them take that in. The Pod Pros Quarterly happens again when? Thursday, April 21st. So less than two months away. Check out the community. You know, it's beautiful. Thank you for that, Jennifer. Honestly, an honor to be here today. This was a lot of fun. I've enjoyed your show and just really thankful to be here. So great to get a chance to talk to you to actually yeah, for sure. I have engaged with you more so than you've engaged with me because of all your videos, of course, and yeah, and uh, whatnot online. I, I just I really appreciate you. This was great getting to meet you. Thank you, Alex. Hope you enjoyed this episode. To get notifications of new releases, subscribe. You can also like, follow, download, and share. If you've enjoyed this, your friends will too.